listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York City. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day that Noah entered the ark. And the flood came and destroyed them all. Similarly, as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating, drinking, buying, selling, planting, building on the day when Lot left Sodom. Fire and brimstone rained from the sky to destroy them all. So it will be on the day the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, someone who is on the housetop and whose belongings are in the house must not go down to get them. And likewise, one in the field must not return to what was left behind. Remember the wife of Lot. Whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it, but whoever loses it will save it. I tell you, on that night, there will be two people in one bed. One will be taken, the other left. And there will be two women grinding meal together. One will be taken, the other left. They said to him in reply, Where, Lord? He said to them, Where the body is, there also the vultures will gather. Gospel of the Lord. Not sure which microphone I'm supposed to be uh, aiming at. Okay. <laughs> Praise God. Nice to see you all here on this day. Beautiful day to go to church, to go to Mass, to pray and worship. And um, there are a couple of interesting themes coming together. I'm going to try to uh, knit. You ever see Grandma knitting things? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to take a little of the first reading, a little bit of the gospel, and a little bit of the saint, and, and try to weave it together. Okay. Um, so we have uh, a beautiful tradition in our faith having a great love and honor for your country. That's the virtue of patriotism. And also uh, to have a great love for the men and women who serve in different ways, including in the military. Um, you think of the passages of the gospel where Jesus, who comes as the Messiah, many of his people were expecting him to be a great military leader who would overthrow the Romans who were oppressor, oppressors. And he did not do that. And in a few cases, he even complimented some centurions and some Roman soldiers. And it's hard for us to understand just how shocking that would have been for the, Jew the devout Jewish people would have been so offended at that. We thought you were going to overthrow the Roman soldiers, and here you are complimenting them, and in some cases, healing family members. And in the early days of the church, some of those Roman soldiers became saints. You know, you think of St. Longinus, the soldier who pierced Jesus' heart with the spear when he was on the cross. There is a tradition that he ended up becoming a saint and others as well. And uh, so you have this interesting um, idea, which goes all the way back to the time of our Lord, of having a great love and reverence for people who serve and, and also for those who serve in the military. And of course, uh, today's saint, St. Martin of Tours, as I said, he, he grew up, his father was uh, a very high-placed general in the Roman army in what we now call the country of Hungary. He ends up over in northern Italy and then in southern France, becomes uh, an active soldier himself. There's the famous story where he encounters a poor beggar and he uses his sword to cut a beautiful cloak in half to give half to the poor man who really was Jesus in disguise. And he has a conversion, becomes a monk, and then eventually a bishop. He was um, 
He was trained by St. Hilaire of Poitiers, which is another great early church father. Anyways, there's some history there. Is anybody taking history in classes right now? Yeah, you get a bonus for listening to the homily today. Okay. <laughs> um, so here's the thing. The end of the liturgical year, which we are now, the liturgy of the church, we're getting all of the strange readings, which they call eschatology or apocalyptic literature. Even in the teachings of Jesus, these mysterious moments where he talks about what appears to be some sort of cataclysmic, apocalyptic end of the world. These readings get a little dodgy and a little spicy and a little, they're interesting. And if you know the, the history of Christianity, there's been all sorts of people trying to predict the day the world will end. And then how many movies have there been? You know, there'd be aliens who will come here to eat us all or whether it be, you know, whatever, just this theme of this sort, some sort of battle. We feel it in our bones, don't we? You know, this nature of the battle. It is the battle between good and evil. And, um, the, and so sometimes it does require a military to, to fight against evil. You know, what do they say? The only thing evil needs to grow is that good people do nothing. So it's, uh, we're very pro-military. But um, in, in a subtle sense, the church has a beautiful teaching on what they call the just war theory. And it's laid out very well in the catechism. Obviously, I'm not going to explain it right now, but there are moral principles by which we can discern when it is an appropriate time to force to come against evil or to defend and protect. And so we have a reverence for the military, the veterans, and we have military saints. Even St. Francis had been in the military for a little while, and he got captured, and he was in prison for a year. That's when he had his big conversion. And then he had a vision where the Lord invited him to take up spiritual battle against Satan and against evil. And of course, then it became the Franciscan order. So this uh, theme of battle, and uh, I have a funny story, especially for the children here. Um, you probably have heard me tell stories of growing up in Indiana. And when I was a kid, there wasn't a whole lot to do other than to, well, play sports or, um, you know, play hide and seek in the cornfields, okay? <laughs> and um, so I, I have these memories of sports. And of course, sports, could be seen as a little bit of a mini battlefield, right? Whether it be basketball, which is the best of all the sports, and then the other lesser sports. <laughs> you know, like baseball, okay. We're still mourning the loss of the Philadelphia Phillies. They lost the World Series, okay. That's why all the rain clouds are coming up from Philadelphia, right? They're all crying down there. Um, but I have this memory, and of course, in sports, especially in the secular sports, it's like our team against your team. And, you know, we got to win, which means crush the opponent, right? And, we, and some of us, we love that. And I'll never forget uh, being in Pee Wee Football League, and my team was the Steelers. So after the, um, not stealing like the commandment, don't steal. No, no, this is steal like the medal. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so I always loved the Steelers. And, and when I was a kid, the, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers had a great team. And um, so I'll just never forget this, this game where I was on defense, and we we're playing this really good team. And this team, they had a running back. That's the guy who gets the ball and runs with it. Really good. And I thought to myself, you know, I'm going to get this guy. I'm going to take him down, you know. And sure enough, there's a play where he gets the ball. And he is running on my side. And then here I am. And it, I'm a little bit younger than him, so I'm a little smaller. And it's just me. And I see this kid coming at me with the football, running. And he's got this whole, like, group of guys that are supposed to be blocking for him. But he was so fast that he ran ahead of the blockers, which you're not really supposed to do, right? You know, so like it was just it was it was just the two of us. And it was one of those moments where like time slows down. And it was like 
and it was this kind of moment where it was like, I, how am I going to tackle this guy, you know? And he completely railroaded me. Just, you know, I went to tackle him, and he just, boom, he just, like, knocked me out of my can, and uh, he just went and got a touchdown, you know, and then my teammates were mad at me for missing the tackle, like, oh, you had a chance, but I just, I wasn't strong enough, and he just ran me over. And I remember feeling a little bit embarrassed and a little bit humiliated, a little bit frustrated and, and like, wow. But then part of me was like admiring this guy. He was such a good football player. And I thought, my goodness, you know, this is my enemy. <laughs> like, this is my enemy here. And uh, it's not easy to lose, right? It's not easy to be defeated, but that does happen. And that can be character building. When you get a little older, you see things differently. But I'll never forget feeling frustrated at this kid. Well, a year later, I go to junior high. And in my school area, the junior high was made up of all these elementary schools. So you're at a new school, and it's much bigger, and there's all these kids that you didn't grow up with. And wouldn't you know, this kid is at my junior high. And now, since I'm playing football at school, he was my classmate, my teammate. So a year later, we were on the same team. And I felt so differently about him. <laughs> you know? I was so happy to have him on my team. He was, he was so amazing. You know, it was a year earlier, I wanted to cream this guy. A year later, now we're actually on the same team. We were no longer enemies. <laughs> we were together, you know, and, and I would uh, love to see him score many touchdowns. And we would rejoice and do a little dance in the, in the end zone. Okay, all that. And uh, so anyways, I share that with you because I think there's something here for the Catholic perspective on spiritual battle. You know, the Lord forbids us to see people as our enemy. Okay, Paul tells us our enemy is the devil, our enemy is evil, and our enemy is sin, but not people. So even Jesus, as he dies on the cross, he looks down upon the people who put him on the cross. And what does he say? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He refuses to call down curses on them because he loved them. And some of those guys are going to be in heaven, you know, like maybe St. Longinus, the guy with the spear. And so is the same for us. We never are ever to see other people as enemies. Even people who disagree with us, people who've been confused and are into sinful, evil things like Sodom and Gomorrah or like the people who were having parties right before the flood came, you know, that we love them, we pray for them, and we guard our heart. That is a trick of the devil, and I think it's a trick that's um, so often dangerous for devout people that we could allow our hearts to develop um, an idea that this person is my enemy. And um, we're not allowed to go there, you know, but rather this is a guy who next year is going to be on my team, you know, uh, to pray for people who do not yet know the truth or understand the truth or the love and the mercy of Jesus. You know, um, that you imagine so many people who were given over to a life of sin, and then a little later on they have a big conversion and they become an apostle. For Jesus. Does that remind you of St. Paul? Right? St. Paul, who was a little earlier persecuting the church, he becomes a great promoter of the church and a great saint. So let us pray for that grace this day, the intercession of St. Martin, uh, that we would guard our hearts and that we would um, stay in that place of love that uh, the Bible tells us to do, and that when we do run across uh, evil and sin, but never to allow ourselves to get angry at people. Amen. Amen.
been listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars, the renewal. Please visit us at franciscanfriars.com or on social media, CFR underscore Franciscans. Thank you.